This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. Depending what time zone you're in, it's either early Saturday morning or late Friday night. You know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee along with my co-host Paul Zartman. Paul, let's see with this podcast so far. We started in January. We were on Thursday nights for a while. And then we found our new groove on Wednesday nights. Now we're on a Friday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I was okay with it being this Friday night because it's a holiday weekend. It's double or nothing weekend but uh it seems like that's going to be the trend for june yeah we can thank the nba playoffs for uh making this schedule switch happen um that's i guess the good thing about dynamite going to tbs in 2022 is we won't see the rescheduling happen as often yeah that'll be nice um you know when we're we're still a young podcast, so we're trying to get ourselves up and going here and to be changing days all the time to follow the groove that we started getting. Uh, it can get a little hectic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and we've kind of worked around our schedules and everything, and we're like, well, yeah, since it's a holiday weekend, we'll just fight through it because uh, we're on Eastern Standard Time for everybody listening or watching this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 12-11 on, on our a.m. <laughs> on Saturday morning, so. And I've been going since five fifty-five Friday morning. Yeah, you're you're a trooper, Paul. You're a trooper. I haven't been going since that early. So, but uh, we we had an exciting episode of Dynamite, the Go Home Show for Double or Nothing, and then we will make our Double or Nothing predictions at the end of the show. So bear with us, or if you want to uh, head on out and, and stop on back in in a little bit, uh, hopefully we'll be on our predictions by then. But a good episode of Dynamite, I thought tonight the. Uh, most attended episode of Dynamite they've had since the pandemic started. Daly's Place looked different. It was a different set. Um, it was the Fight for the Fallen set, I believe. It was kind of that setup they used for that one. That was in Daly's Place back in um, 2019. And the uh, camera angle wasn't in the hard camera anymore. So it was all nice change, I thought. Yeah, it honestly felt like a completely new show. It did. It did. It was just nice to see the crowd back, and it was a hot crowd tonight all night, and it's going to be an even hotter crowd on Sunday for Double or Nothing with full capacity, which I don't know how many people were in attendance tonight, but it was definitely the most they've had. Uh, I saw a tweet somewhere that said Daly's Place was sold out, so they were at the capacity they were allowing for tonight. Okay. I wonder wonder if they weren't allowing 5,500 tonight if it was like 3,000 or something. Right. Because I still feel like, like in the past, Daly's Place, when they've done shows there, there was more crowd then than there was tonight. But yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe it's just I forget what crowds are like at wrestling <laughs> wrestling events. So, um, well, I know they did block off certain sections tonight that they're hoping to have open uh, Saturday. I saw a tweet this week that a guy was in section C mm-hmm. and he got an email from AEW that his tickets had been upgraded to the stage. So. Yeah, I did. I saw that too. I saw that same tweet. So dynamite kicked off tonight with a uh, singles match between Dar- Darby Allen, who was accompanied to the ring by sting versus uh, Cesar Bernoni, who was with Ryan Nemeth, uh, Peter Avalon and JD Drake. They're all with him. Uh, Darby got a nice pop from the crowd. 
I thought um, a great way to start it off to a perfect guy to come out and, and, and start the show with, with a hot crowd. Um, Caesar got some offense in early, slamming Darby around, uh, getting some rib shots in, but he, he went for a couple pins, never had any luck there. And then um, Darby was able to lock in a, sleep, a sleeper hold on him, threw some punches, hit her over the top stunner that turned into a shotgun drop kick. And then he went up to the top, hit a coffin drop for the one, two, three, and uh, pretty quick victory. The match was a little over five minutes. Yeah. Um, I uh, I think Cesar's mind's in other places, as we've seen sure. some tweets about his wife over the past week. Um, so I, I want to say, you know, he still gave it his all, but mm-hmm. I don't think he was 100% in this match, and I don't think he will be for a while. Uh, he's just, he's one of those talents. If you don't work, watch elevation or dark, you're not too familiar with him. I mean, he's been on right. dynamite a couple times, but this was definitely probably the biggest match, or biggest spotlight he's been in so far. So nice to see him in that spot. At least uh, post match, we saw Darby get on the mic and called out Ethan page, and Scorpio sky. They both strolled out. Um, sky says they, pretty much expect them to come out and, and their fancy clothes and fight for free. Tells them to grow up. The crowd chant, you suck at them. Uh, but then from behind, Benoni and his group attack Darby and Sting. Then Paige and Scorpio Sky, of course, run in and, and throw some shots. Uh, Ethan Page chokes Darby as Sky wraps a chair around Sting's ankle. He goes to stomp on it from the top rope, but the Dark Order runs out to chase Sky and Page away. The Dark Order give Alan and Sting a, a look, and then they, they all give a bunch of fist bumps as um, we went to commercial. Yeah. uh, Still interested to see exactly what the Dark Order has to do with Darby and Sting. Um, I don't know if they're the anti-bully campaign now. (laughs) Um, And I mean, that they're they're involved with more storylines. I mean, I know they're one of the bigger groups in the company, but it seems like they're involved in more storylines than anybody else in the company. Oh, you're right. And when's the last time we've seen Dark Order win a meaningful match? Oh, uh, I know. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. I almost want to say clear back to the Brody Lee tribute episode. Shortly thereafter, at least. Yeah. We then saw Paul White come out to host the weigh-in between Anthony Gogo and Cody Rhodes before their double or nothing match. Uh, pretty cool to see Paul White come out. First time he's come out in front of a big AEW crowd. Um, says he's out here to make sure it's a serious weigh-in. He then introduces Anthony Gogo. Gogo comes out with QT Marshall, Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Camaroto, and another individual that I wasn't sure who it was. Yeah, I have no clue. QT gets on the mic. The crowd's booing him. He says they shouldn't boo Paul White. White tells Q, White tells uh, QT to shut up and keep moving. White then introduces Cody Rhodes as the American Dream. Cody Rhodes thought it was interesting. They were already calling him that tonight before Sunday. He came out with a bunch of Nightmare uh, Factory students, also Red Velvet, Lee Johnson, Arn Anderson, Dustin Rhodes, and a few others. I believe the blonde lady was his sister, I believe. See, I I think so. I think so. from Twitter, I think that's he and Dustin's sister. Yeah, it was either um, his sister or niece. Because I couldn't okay. commentary mentioned it, but the crowd was so loud at that point. Well, Dustin's daughter was there, but she wasn't on camera. I know what she looks like off the top of my head. So I think that was his sister, I think. It would make sense because there was, like I said, all I could hear from commentary was daughter. (laughs) So I don't know if that was Dustin or Dusty. So I'm guessing Dusty. Well, they go to weigh in. Cody goes in first. Uh, He weighs in at 218 after Paul White finally got the old school scale to work. (laughs) Fireworks were going off in the background on the beach because it's Memorial Day weekend. I don't think that was a planned spot. I think that was just somebody no. shooting off fireworks near the stadium. Uh, the crowd had a big USA chant. Gogo gets ready to get, find out his initial weight, and he ends up 219, so one pound heavier than Cody. Um, Gogo and Cody both get on the top ropes. Cody gets the bigger pops. And then uh, Dustin Rose lunges at QT Marshall and sends the group out of the ring. Cody takes a mic, thanks Paul White for hosting, and tells the fans we'll see him at the pay-per-view. Um, I thought there was going to be a bigger angle to this. And honestly, I was surprised at the big ovation Cody got. I thought it might be 
you thought it was going to be 50-50 booze and chill. Yeah. I thought it was going to be more booze just because the way the internet's been reacting to Cody uh, the last two weeks ever since that promo. But it just shows you the fans that are there live are different than the internet fans. But it could be different come Sunday too. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see more of those booze come in for Cody, especially if he tries to do some type of American Dream music but changes it slightly so that they have the rights to it. I think that's where we'll see those booze come from. And so far, we've only seen a preview of his weight belt that he's going to be wearing on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm not sure what his arena tire or his music or anything's going to gonna be like. Right. And speaking of uh, entrance music, it was nice that it's back to the original. <laughs> it was. And if it wasn't, I missed it. But I definitely didn't hear yeah. the Snoop, Snoop Dogg uh, part. No. So it's, it's time. Yes. That's for sure. We then saw a video package hyping up the upcoming stadium stampede match between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. If Inner Circle loses, of course, they have to disband. And we see clips from their first match, the stadium stampede last year against the Elite, when they were defeated by the Elite. Then we cut the backstage. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Christian Cage were battling back and forth. Cage uh, gets sent into some equipment. Then he launches Hobbs into a fancy smacks Hobbs in the midsection with some sort of, I thought it was like a traffic cone or something. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, and then he speared him into a bunch of boxes, and then a bunch of referees came in to separate the two. It was, um, I think it was one of those little rope things that uh, Banks used to use to kind of guide the yeah. people to go You're like here, waiting, here. your waiting line, yeah. Yeah. Direct them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that didn't bust it open when he hit him, that's for sure. Yeah, it did. It did. So. We then get a match between Hangman Adam Page and Joey Janela. Uh, Taz was on commentary to get another look at Page, at, at Page before his match against Brian Cage uh, coming up Sunday at Double or Nothing. This was a hard-hitting match, a uh, pretty aggressive match, a match that saw uh, Hangman Page get busted open, I believe, the hard way, and he bled a lot all down his face, into his mouth, on his teeth. Um, basically, uh, Hangman ends up getting the win at the end with a buckshot lariat, which is, I, I think that's my favorite finisher in all of AEW. Oh yeah. It is so unique. I mean, he does other things from outside the ring to inside. So you never know if he's going for the buckshot or if he's going for something else and it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And you know, I really like the story they're playing out for this match. You know, hangman's now, I think either 12 and one on the year or 13 and one. And it's kind of like he had to have that loss to knock him down a little bit in the rankings to avenge that loss against Cage at the pay-per-view. So then he can make his way going to whoever comes out the champion at, at, at double or nothing. Yep. And, of course, I got to say uh, I loved JR's um, explanation of this match. It's going to be Page and Cage in a rage at double or nothing. Yeah, they like their Page and Cage rhymes, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Post match, we see Taz get on the microphone and introduce Brian Cage. Cage comes out to the top of the ring. Uh, then Hangman jumps on the mic, tells Taz to shut up. He says they've done the same thing month after month with Team Taz jumping him from behind. Hangman says he expects that from Taz, but not from Brian Cage. Page doesn't think Cage needs needs those guys to fight. Says to leave leave them out of it and fight like a man at the pay per view. Brian Cage agrees to a one on one match, so should be a good one. Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, you know, Paige was right. If the, if Team Taz hadn't jumped him before the last match he had with him, would he have gotten the win? Or would Hangman still be undefeated for the year? Right, that's what it took. It took um, a three-on-one attack or whatever it was and a couple power bombs on the interest ramp before the match even started to beat him. So, Yep. Now he gets a fair fight. Yes, and that's what he needs. Then after a, um, I'm just guessing a botch in the production trailer by somebody that cut off the Eddie Kingston and John Moxley promo. We got it after it came back from commercial break. We see Eddie Kingston and John Moxley outside having the Young Bucks sneakers that they stole, and they said it's time to get serious. Um, they, uh, Moxley said they would he would go to war with Kingston anytime, and at the pay per view it will be a war. He says he needs those tag title belts. They're the most important tag title belts in all of wrestling in the world. He wants them. Moxley missed the Young Bucks might be well-oiled machine, but he wants those titles. Kingston says it's going to happen because the Young Bucks are going to quit. 
They've already quit on everybody, everybody backstage. Kingston says the pressure is coming on Sunday. Yeah, it was once again an excellent promo from two guys who are absolutely amazing on the mic. Um, Mm -hmm. Anytime these two grab a mic or a camera, you know it's going to be magic. And once again, that's what we got. What's um, your opinion of these guys compared to a team that was kind of also thrown together like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? Um, well, a little bit different because mm-hmm. Mox and Kingston have that history on the Indies right. together. Right. Um, they were brought together as friends, whereas Sky and Paige were brought together for a common goal to stop losing, to get right. what they deserve. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and I think it's, it just goes back to the sparklers of the, uh, the non-boom that happened at Revolution, because I, I still, and I think you agree with me, Paul, I, I think, I'm not sure about Kingston, but um, Moxley was definitely, I think, supposed to be written off TV for a while. Yeah. And this is just all kind of an audible, a switch that they were able to work out. So, But they fit together. They just feel like a team, whereas Ethan and Scorpio, yeah, they're getting, up, they're getting wins. They're number two now in the rankings for the tag team titles, but they still just don't feel like a well-oiled machine to me yet or anything. Right. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of hit on that more as we get to a later spot in Dynamite that really kind of, in my opinion, showed that they're not that well-oiled machine. We then see Tony Giovanni in the ring. Um, he's got to talk to Orange Cassidy about if he's going to defer his title shot or not. Instead, Pac walks out to the ring and uh, boots Tony out of the ring. Pac wants to let everybody know that Cassie is irrelevant, and only Pac will be relevant when he beats Omega. Pac says Omega has only been ducking and dodging him. During his whole title reign, it's been pathetic. He calls out Kenny. Don Callis shows up on the big screen. He calls Pac a dangerous person, and they want nothing to do with him. Uh, Kenny then tries to get a sneak attack from behind, but Pac catches him and hits a hard single leg drop, a hard single leg drop kick. Uh, the good brothers then run out and start beating up Pac. The Lucha brothers run out and make the save for Pac. The good brothers bail, leaving Kenny still in the ring. Omega looks for the one-winged angel, but then Orange Cassidy's music hits. He strolls out with the best friends and Chris Statlander. Orange goes to the ring and does his roll-in like usual. He gives Kenny a note, and um, a freshly squeezed chant breaks out from the crowd. Uh, Kenny thinks it's the contract he gave Cassidy, but it's actually all shredded up when he opens it up. Cassidy then drops Omega with Orange Punch. Cassidy goes for the title, but Pac steps on it, and they brawl until Orange hits him with an Orange Punch. He then puts the shades on, picks up the title, and gives a signature thumbs up while his music plays on. You know, it. we go back and forth on this, but he looks good <laughs> holding that title. <laughs> he doesn't look awful. I just... I just don't think his gimmick ever allows him to be the world heavyweight champion. I could be wrong two or three years down the road, but I wouldn't be a huge fan of it, I guess. But it doesn't matter what Tanner wants. so Or does it? I would like to think so, but it doesn't. <laughs> Tony Khan and the EVPs want. But, yeah. I mean, I know more people than not would probably love it, but I just feel like his gimmick, I don't even know who to compare it to in any other promotion, really. He's that right. unique. Yeah, absolutely. We then see uh, Jade Cargo backstage talking with Tony Schiavone, but she gets interrupted by Matt Hardy about wanting her to join his group, the Matt Hardy family office. But uh, Mark Sterling from the Major Wrestling Figure podcast, that's where Alice is well-known, he jumps in and says he's already been selected by Jade. He tells Hardy if he keeps bothering her, he's going to slap him with a restraining order. I think he said a 50-yard restraining order. Yeah. Um, he then notes his payment style is way different than Hardy as he only gets paid if when Jade wins. Hardy's not happy at all as he heads off. And uh, Mark Sterling even gave him a business card. Which Matt Hardy quickly threw to the side and I hope you're happy and storms yep. off. It was yep. it was great. Um yeah. No, I think I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter debating if Mark Sterling's a good match for Jade. I think it is. I think he's good. I think he's a good TV character. Yeah, absolutely. We then get Jade Cargo against uh, Kylan King. Um, Jade pretty much dominates the match from start to finish. There was a picture-in-picture during a commercial. 
but uh, she wins pretty easily like she should to prove her record is 6-0. and So I don't see her losing for a long, long time, and that's as it should be. And, you know, uh, I texted you about this, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up because I just think it's hilarious. Um, they mentioned that she has a degree in child psychology. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm a little child going to her for any issues, I think I'm going to drop all my other issues and run away, and that's now my issue. <laughs> she's a pretty intimidating lady. That's for yes. sure. I wouldn't want to mess yeah. with her. No, she's Break uh, me six, in half. six one. Looks like that. Um, I would probably lay, Yeah, mm-hmm. I would probably lay down in front of her and just let her walk across me if she needed to cross the road. Probably a probably good good decision. <laughs> there. Backstage, we see Jake Roberts saying Dante Martin will be a great champion if he can actually win the TNT title versus Miro. But Lance Archer cuts. Jake off pretty quick. Says he doesn't want Dante. No offense to Dante. Hopes kid has a good match. He wants Miro at the pay-per-view and is looking to take that title. Many different times they uh, noted tonight that Dante Martin's the youngest member of the AEW roster. Yeah, and he is. I mean, I don't even think he's 21. 19, right? 19 or 20, I believe. Yeah, I know he hasn't even... He's not old enough to drink yet. I know that much. Yeah, he's not legal age, yep. (laughs) So, So, yeah. The kid definitely deserves uh, something. No, you're right. And, and I think a lot of people have forgotten about Top Flight because Darius has been hurt for so long. It kind of hurt all the momentum they were building at the beginning. Yeah, and they had a lot going forward. They sure did. And I was a big fan of them and, and still will be when Darius comes back. But uh, Miro came out to a pretty good pop in front of the crowd. Uh, Miro's going to kill you chant, which he was just soaking in. You could tell he was loving that. He's not in a good mood. He threw some big shots at Dante, landed a belly-to-belly suplex. Um, He faked a kick, smiled a bit, but then he ended up eating a jawbreaker. Um, Miro hit a judo throw. He looked for a splash, but he didn't get it as Dante rolled out of the way. Dante had a a flurry of moves, hit a shotgun drop kick, but that was only for one count. Uh, Then finally, Dante got knocked down to the apron. Miro... Hit a big suplex as he brought him back into the ring. Then Miro hit a big leaping kick right to the side of Dante's face. Then he locked in the game over for a tap out, which I don't know how the kid's back bent like that because I would have snapped in half. Yeah, uh, I saw that, and it just kept going further and further and further. And I'm like, dude, I'd be in the hospital at this point. <laughs> yep, I would have been in the hospital like a fourth of the way there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, post-match, saw Jake Roberts and Lance Archer head out to the ramp. Roberts says Archer is focused and he's ready for the champ. He says on Sunday, Miro's fairy tale is, fairy tale is going to come to an end. He tells tells Miro to shut the F up, but just said F, didn't actually, actually say it out. Right. I don't think TNT would have been very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Miro gets on the mic, says uh, Jake needs to shut up and stop holding Archer back. Uh, Jake finally tells Archer to go get him. Archer runs out and nearly hits a choke slam on Miro. He gets a punch and a kick in, sends Miro out to the floor. A bunch of referees come in and get in the way as they're separated. Jake Roberts is laughing in the background. Yeah. Um, very interesting way to build the match coming up between these two. And I got to say, uh, I'm texting you about this during the show, too. Whoever has held that TNT title, whether they win or lose, they are making their opponent look strong. And right. this is great. I think it's perfect. No, I think I think you're right. In this match, it's been a quick, quick build for this match, but I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, two big old uh big old boys going at it. So Yeah, it'll definitely be uh one of the big events for the night. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this pay per view, like like we'll get into during our uh, predictions. It's stacked on paper. It's just oh, loaded, absolutely loaded. So we then see Tony Shavani. A lot of Shivani segments tonight in the <laughs> ring with uh, women AW Women's World Champion Akara Shida as they're going to honor her for a year long ring. Um, they gave her new a new women's title, which looks a lot better. It's bigger. It's gold instead of silver. Um, just just a way better title than the one she's had for the past year. Uh, Sheeta then takes the mic, says when she won the title, there's no fans in attendance, but tonight they're back. She says the title's for the fans. Then Britt Baker's music hits. Britt gets a really big pop. 
She makes her way out the stage. She said she made a mistake earlier when she spoke with Jim Ross. She previously said she was the face of the women's division. When she wins the title, she'll be the face of a whole new era. That previous era was all about 316. This one will be DMD, and the whole crowd chanted with her. Big moment for Britt right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it shook her a little bit at how big of a pop she got because she hesitated to come out of that tunnel for a second. Uh, it was just real quick, but I mean, I think she kind of was like, holy crap, they're, they're popping for me, which was something she really didn't get before she broke her nose. I mean, look back a year ago, double or nothing. Was that the pay-per-view she was against big swole or was that all out? Uh, you're going to make my brain work way too hard for 1230 in the morning (laughs) or nothing, but I could be wrong. But anyway, she's come that far in the last year Yeah, to where she's, I mean, she, this is her first, I think, actual match on a pay-per-view card. That's not in the buy-in. Yeah. She's either been buy-in or a cinematic match at every pay-per-view. So So, I'm really excited for her. Um, and that belt, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big upgrade. Big upgrade. Yeah, they sure. they dropped two of the side ovals off of it, so there's only two on each side instead of three on each side. Made the center bigger. It definitely looks a lot better. Yeah, sure does. Sure does. So we then get a tag match: uh, Ethan Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Stu Grace and Evil Uno. Um, Dark Order got a decent pop from the crowd. They did break out into Evil Uno Chan early on. Uh, one one spot I loved early on in the match, Stu Grayson hitting that, uh, I think it was like a, I don't even know what to call it, like almost a springboard cutter on the outside to Scorpio Sky. That was uh, amazing. Could have really took a, took a spill for the wrong way if he wasn't too careful. Yeah. But uh, back and forth, the, the match went between them. Uh, Dark Order had the momentum going for a while. And then uh, at the end, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page pick up the win. Scorpio Sky locks Stu Grayson in the heel. He, um, was it heel lock? Is that what they call that? Yes. And then um, Ethan hit the Razor's Edge or the – not the Razor's Edge. That's not what he Ego's calls edge. it. Ego's Edge. Ego's Edge, yeah. Thank you. Um, on – Evil Uno for the for the one two three. I'm so I'm, I'm refreshing my notes here, so that's why. Um, All good. Um, they kind of went away, but uh, then after the match, of course, uh, Ethan Page gets on the mic, cuts a promo, and then Steen's music hits. You were surprised by the lack of pop there, Paul. I was. Um, I mean, I know this was the second time we had seen him tonight, but still, I was expecting something a little bit bigger. I mean, yeah. through, through most of the post-match segment, the fans were just, I mean, you know, that kind of that kind of shocked me. I was expecting something more from the fans than just crossed-arm segment. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, but then Sting doesn't come out. It's actually Darby Allin followed by, like, 10 Stings with Sting, or people with Sting masks on. Um Darby comes in and, and goes right after both Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Then the guys with the mask come in and get, are getting punched and thrown over the ring. Then finally Scorpio goes to hit one, and the guy doesn't move. Hits him again, doesn't move. Hits him again, doesn't move. Allah takes the mask off its sting. And then um, Ethan Page and, and Scorpio Sky kind of exit the ring and retreat there as a Darby and Sting both get up on the turnbuckles and stare him down. So just more builds going into Sunday for that match. Yeah. And uh, this is where I wanted to talk about Sky and Paige a little bit more uh, uh-huh. because post match Paige went right into that weird little, I don't know if it's a dance or just him swaying back and forth or whatever the kids are calling uh-huh. it these days. Uh-huh. Scorpio didn't hit it for like another minute afterwards. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, those are the type of things, if you're both going to hit it, do it at the same time. Right. Don't do it that far apart. It makes you look bad. Right. So that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and my notes are not updated after this match. I believe that was the last match for the night. It was. And then, um, and then after that was just the inner circle. Yeah. Um, 
kind of celebration of the inner circle with Eric Bischoff, which that wasn't a surprise to a lot of people because Chris Jericho announced that on Busted Open on Wednesday when he was on their program um, with um, Tommy Dreamer and Dave LaGreca that, that Eric Bischoff was going to be kind of the moderator for this. So this is the third different time he's been a part of a Chris Jericho segment on Dynamite, yeah. I believe. I was trying to think three or four, but yeah. It's I think of the Orange Cassidy debate. And then the um, getting it was MJF it was him into, when MJF was still in the inner circle, yeah. And then this yeah, one. So yeah, three, yep. yeah, yep. So it was pretty much just a video package of them looking back at how the inner circle formed back on October second of twenty nineteen, the first dynamite on TNT, and different highlights they had, mostly of their heel run. Um, then each member of the inner circle got on the mic, cut promos. Um, Santana, once again, I thought was one of the stronger ones. Hager, the weakest one. Sammy got the biggest <laughs> yeah. pop from the crowd. But I should say before that, when they came out, the Judas pop Ooh. and sing along from the crowd gave me goosebumps. I knew it was coming yes. too. It was oh, yeah. glorious. Yeah. It was one of those, you know it's coming, but it's still the moment it happens, you just get the goosebumps because it's right. so magical, so to speak. Right. And then at the end, after Jericho's done, we uh, hear uh, MJF on the big screen. He's telling Jericho, well done. He's trying to hold back his emotions. Um, he says something to Wardlow in the back. Wardlow nods his head, and then they pan down, and Dean Malenko's knocked out up against the goalpost. And he's pretty much saying, "If you you better come get the Iceman before he freezes. And so the whole inner circle runs towards the field, which was quite a, quite a bit away, a little bit of ways away. A good thing they're all in good shape as they were all sprinting towards the field. And, of course, it was a setup. They're jumped by all the rest of the members of the Pinnacle, and the Pinnacle beats down the inner circle. And uh, there was a nasty spot of uh, two spike pile drivers, two Santana and Ortiz through the tables. Santana actually went through the table. Ortiz, that table didn't break. I was, I was hoping he didn't get injured. I did see Tully kind of checking on him before the show went off the air, and then Tully joined the rest of the pinnacle when they put their hands in and said, when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. So I'm assuming he's okay. Um, but, yeah, um, good good inning segment. Got me even more excited for Stadium Stamping too. Yeah. Um... I, I've got things I want to say about this as we make our predictions. But first, I got to say, you know, as they're running towards the stadium, Sammy was in the same run that he was when he was being chased by Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega in the golf cart or not the golf cart, but the, the Gator. Mm-hmm. And I kept I kept waiting. I kept looking back on it. Is it coming? <laughs> It'll be interesting to stay in because I think there'll be a little comedy in it, but it's going to be shot at least partially from what I read, if not the whole thing live. Ooh. So there probably won't be a ton of comedy, uh, definitely not as much comedy as we saw in last year's. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, first off, we don't have the 25 faces of Matt Hardy in the match. Right. Right. So we won't have right. those the different participants in this match. Nobody in the pinnacle really mm. can do comedy very well. No. No. I mean, if you remember, I remember last year on Double or Nothing, Sean Spears was in a match with Dustin Rhodes, and when he pulled his shorts down, Tully was on his underwear. I'm sure Sean's a lot happier to be in this position <laughs> in maybe what might be the main event. I don't see that's the thing about Double or Nothing. I don't know what's going to open or close the show. Yeah. I'm guessing it's either going to be the world title match or Stadium Stampede. I feel like it probably should be the world title match because I'm kind of old school in that way that the title match always closes the show. But last year in Double or Nothing, the Stadium Stampede closed it, and the Stadium Stampede match has definitely been the strongest built match so far for this pay-per-view. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting um, from looking across to different sites over the last 48 hours. They have the world title match, everybody for the card buildup has the world title match as the main event with stadium stampede right behind it. So, but none of this is official from AEW. It's just right. all right. people who write about wrestling and right. podcasters saying right. this match, then this match. Well, for the predictions, I just, I just pulled the uh, match card mm-hmm. off and went just as they had it. So are you ready for the predictions, Paul? Or, well, first we need a great dynamite and give our, Superstar of the night, I guess. Mm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about this part. I was so excited about the uh, predictions that I didn't even think. 
Um, I'm going to go with a six out of 10. Okay. Um, and again, I, I wanted to be higher, but I just yep. cannot get over these production errors. Yeah. It's, it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. We had three of them mm-hmm. tonight. We had uh inner circle celebration up next. And then we went yep. to Christian cage fighting Will Hobbs. And then we had the, uh, most notable one, the Mox Kingston mm-hmm. promo, and they cut um, Don Callis off the big screen early. Yep. The audio kept going, but the visual yep. was on. Right. So that's how I knew Omega was coming in to attack him. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half. I'll give it a little okay. higher, but I'm right there with you. I, it was a fun episode. I thought it was a little slower paced episode, but that might be because it was at 10 o'clock <laughs> Eastern time instead yeah. of eight. Um, because there was a one time I looked, I'm like, wow, it's just 11. I thought it'd be 1130. Um, but matches were pretty good. A lot of promos tonight, but a lot of build up for double or nothing. Like it should be in a go home show. Uh, pay-per-view, they've kind of rushed a lot of the builds anyway. So it was good to take some time and, and add some layers to some of those stories. But yeah, the production things are starting to annoy me a little, quite a bit. So yeah. I'm going to go six and a half. How about your superstar of the night? Hangman Adam Page. Okay. <laughs> he fought through being busted open the hard way. Um, I mean, he could have easily said, well, I got busted open. I don't want to continue. We've seen audibles in the middle of a match before, but I think he was one of the strongest throughout the show, honestly. Yep. So. And there's... A- I was thinking about maybe going with somebody who just cut a promo or a team that just had an angle, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick somebody that was in a match. There wasn't too many matches though tonight, but uh, I will go with Miro okay. just because that was his first TNT title defense successfully defended it like he should and like everybody expect him to, but uh, still Nick undefeated. Dante looks strong. Singles action. So. so yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Um, yeah, I think I think Miro will probably end up on mine in the near future. Yeah. All right. So now now you're ready for predictions. I'm ready for predictions. I'm ready okay. to uh, claim my my title. Take it off of you. Let's see here. Well, <laughs> not going to work for me. I guess I didn't make it transparent. Thought I did. Oh, well. It was just the Double or Nothing logo <laughs> instead of the KLP logo. I, it worked yesterday when I tested it, but it's not going to today. So, right. Hey, we're live. Uh, I got a lot of technology. <laughs> All right. First, the buy-in match. And, and for everybody listening for the first time or watching for the first time that didn't see our revolution predictions, what we do is we are competing for the KOP predictions title, which is really just a replica um, AEW title. <laughs> Which I'm in possession of, and I meant to bring it up with me, and it's in my basement. I forgot to be wearing it tonight, but that's okay. I'm going to be wearing it next week when I, when I retain. Oh, so, oh, um, oh shots fired. <laughs> so what do we do is we go through every match. We not only pr- predict our winners, but we predict it at a confidence level with 10 being our highest confidence, 1 being our lowest. So that's kind of how we try to make sure nobody ties or anything. So that, that's how we do it. So. Yeah, because when you've got uh, 10 matches, I mean, it could come down to you get five and five for each person. What do you do? Well, that's where our confidence points come in at. Right. The buy-in match, uh, NWA Women's Championship, Serena Deeb defending it against Riho. Yeah, I've got... I'll let you go first for this one. All right. I'm going with Serena Deeb for the win, and uh, I've got five confidence points in this match. I'm right there with you with the winner, Serena Deeb. I, I, in one of my reasons is she hasn't had the NWA title that long because she's out of action for a while with an injury. And when Rio was the champ, we didn't, of course, the pandemic ruined everything, but we didn't see her defend it on TV that often. We haven't even seen her on TV that often, even after the no. pandemic's been slowing up in the U.S. So I don't see her beating Serena Deeb for the title. Um, I got six confident points on Serena Deeb. Ooh, okay. A little okay. higher. Yeah. And we got the um, Casino Battle Royale. The winner of this gets a future future title shots. Uh, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Preston Ten Vance, Stu Grayson, Nick Camarado, K 
QT Marshall, Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, Penta L0M, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Matt Seidel, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Jungle Boy, and a mystery entrant are in this match. Who first is your prediction to be the mystery entrant? Uh, well, it, it kind of changed after uh, TK cut the promo that he cut before AEW went on tonight, but okay. I stuck with who I had. Okay. Andrade. He's one that's on my radar. Um, any any reasoning behind that? Um, I think with the heat just coming out about uh, him and Kenny mm-hmm. Omega going one-on-one for the title, mm-hmm. the AAA title that Kenny Omega mm-hmm. has at this point, um, I think Tony Khan has realized he made a lot of mistakes with this impact side of winning the belts there. I don't think he wants to do that again with AAA as he's trying to build relationships with different companies from day one, they've had a good working relationship with AAA. So it led me to believe that Andrade would be the mystery entrant. And if he is, and if he got the win, that's how you can build that feud. You can do two titles in one match. Yeah. Yeah. So that would make sense. He's on my radar. A couple other names on my radar before I throw out who I'm predicting. Chris heroes on my radar. Okay. Paul White's on my radar. Even though he's supposed to be calling the match, it wouldn't shock me if he's the mystery in trip because he did. Yeah. He was on Busted Open today, and he kind of hinted that he's going to be getting back in the ring soon, and he really wants to. Um, I'm not – Daniel Bryan's not happening. CM Punk's <laughs> not happening. Those are not happening. Um, nope, but that's who everybody wants. Is they've well, of course shifted. everybody wants him, but it's not happening. Daniel Bryan's not leaving WWE. I'm sorry to tell everybody that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's sure the main is. reason why these New Japan talks are happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, his in-ring contract may have expired, but that's all that expired. He's right, still with the company, even though he's not with the company. Right. So, but here is my mystery entrance pick. Okay, who you got? This guy has been in the wrestling media spotlight a lot lately. He's been on various podcasts. He's been on Dark Side of the Ring. Nick Gage. Okay. Okay. And maybe if it is, maybe it's just a one-off. Maybe he signs a contract with AEW. I have no idea. I don't know if he'd even want to do that because he's a deathmatch guy, but he also just loves professional wrestling. And his favorite type of wrestling, he says, is technical in-ring wrestling. So. Yep. Yep. I think the crowd would pop pretty big for that. So. Yes. Who is your winner of this match, though? Christian Cage. Right there with you. <laughs> I think but, it's an easy pick. Yeah, but um with so many people, I just I can't be confident. This only got one confident point for I'm me. I'm right this there year. with you. Oh uh, yeah, we, we agree. It's Christian just seems like the outlier here. It's kind of like I almost forgot what he's doing for the pay-per-view. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he's definitely the guy. But I could see a scenario, maybe it comes down to him and somebody else, and the other person snatches it away from him. And that kicks him back down because his gimmick is to outwork everybody. So he needs to yeah. build himself back up. That would make some right. sense too. But I'm just looking at this and I don't see too many other guys that fit that mold. No. Unless it's a huge mystery entrant. And yeah. I mean, the mystery entrant could win it. Uh, Brian Cage was the mystery entrant and won yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but then again, you turn around and Ethan Page was a mystery entrant and he didn't win it. So there's no rhyme or reason to the mystery entrance winning or not winning. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. It'll be a fun match. Ladder matches are always fun. Yep. What is in the ladder matches is just the battle Royal, right? Yeah. 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 Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a ladder match. Christian has the most experiences in these type of matches. So, yep. That's why I was kind of thinking Paul White, he'd make sense in a battle royal. But. Yeah, he's uh, he's popular in them. Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. I think I'm going to shock you here. I'm going Hangman. That yeah, shock for, me. For six. Okay. <laughs> I have Hangman uh, for eight. 
Ooh, okay. Wow. Man, uh, are we going to end up coming down to the the confident points here? I don't Again? know. Again? <laughs> I got my Hangman Page Bullet Club shirt on tonight, so I yeah. just... And, and I hate that Brian Cage got to get the L because I think he's ready for a big push. I'm thinking the Ricky Starks injury kind of threw this whole storyline in an audible. And if they're going where I think they're going with Hangman, he can't afford a loss here. Right. And, you know, this will be a way to kind of revamp that storyline where is Brian Cage leaving Team Taz? Right. Right. He loses without Team Taz, makes right. him question his entire life basically and then he ends up leaving to try to be the machine brian cage again and it seems like hangman kind of likes brian cage in a way that's yeah. what i kind of got from the promo tonight so, yeah cage and page would be a nice tag team too cage and page with diamond dallas page as a <laughs> as a manager and uh maybe even christian cage in there too ages and the pages <laughs> Steen and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and All Ego Ethan Page. One match they definitely pushed hard tonight. Steen's first in-ring action and an actual non-cinematic non-cinematic match, first time in six years. Yes, Sting and Darby Allen are winning, but I only have two confidence points in this, so it, it's one of those that I feel could go either way. Um, I know Sting's all about helping put young talent over but Darby's fresh off the TNT title loss he needs that win to stay in the spotlight I kind of agree with you as far as Darby but I'm taking Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page for four okay and See, it's, it was a tough one this one I changed this morning actually because the more I thought about it I think Steamy eats the pen so okay. it doesn't make Darby look weak that's how it has to go if Sky and Page win it. Sting has to eat the pen. You know you know how I want him to eat the pen? How? Buckle bomb. Ooh. Okay. If they can make sure they do it safely. Because they're, they're good at that. They're good at throwing little shots at things, historical things. Yeah. But I just think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are number two in the rankings. They're really getting them a lot of wins. If they lose this match, then it's like, then where do they go? I mean, why even put them together? I just I feel like they really need it as the team more so. But yeah. but I, I also agree Darby's rose up his stardom so much with the TNT title. Um I could see them not wanting to give him an L, but yeah. <laughs> Cody Rose, the American dream, as he will be referred to Sunday night, against Anthony Ogogo. I'm going with Cody for three confidence points. Um, coming out as the American dream, they're not going to let him lose this. They built this match. We've talked back and forth that they built it country versus country, which was a bad idea. Um, but I just, either way, I mean, it would be bad for Cody to lose. And I was why? Off. Why, why would it be bad for him to lose? Well, because then, you know, you're going to have those people who are saying, oh, well, AEW isn't all about America. They think Britain's better. Oh, no, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to say that. I don't think anybody's going to say that. Think about the fans on the Internet. That, that's I know. I mean. But a lot but, of them are siding with the, the Internet ones that are siding with the go-go, especially after he called out the flaws in the American healthcare system today on, on a podcast interview. Yeah, but... I, I was all for a go-go to win this match um, until the news broke about his rib injury and it made me question it. And maybe, I mean, it's not broken, but he's going to need some time to heal and losing to Cody would give him the chance to take a couple weeks off to let that heal. Whereas, you know, if he wins, who's going to come after him next? Well, I mean, if a go-go wins, the storyline could be far from over. True. They could do a Britain versus America type thing, like when they did Canada with the hearts versus America back in the 90s, because QT was wearing a, a British flag shirt tonight pretty much. 
Yeah. Um, and Cody's, you know, I know he said in the past he's not going to take time off, but Brandy is about to have a baby soon. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I did find interesting about a go-go I found out today from Tony Khan on Busted Open, a go-go is 78% blind in one of his eyes. That's what cut his yes. boxing career short. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that like ever so briefly in his match against uh, one of the guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just I've like they just brushed over it. Uh, it was, oh, he, he's partially blind in that eye. And then that was the end of it. They never There's elaborated other, on it. Other things to note on this match. Agogo was their first signed developmental deal. Cody Rhodes actually introduced Tony Khan to Agogo. He was kind of Cody's first student in the Nightmare Factory. So with all that said, I'm going Anthony Gogo for three. Okay. So we both have Cody three gives him the rub. On. I think okay. Cody gives him the rub because every, a lot of people think there's just no way Cody's going to lose as the American Dream. And then all of a sudden, if Gogo gets that huge win, you got another big heel in the company. Yeah, yeah, you're true. But I'll, Cody I'll, hasn't I'll, ate too many losses in the company. But right. I'll, I'll stick with Cody. Yep. No, no, I wasn't trying to trust because the, the, those last two matches are ones I've been back and forth about a bunch, and that's yeah. probably going to decide this whole thing. So. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yep. The TNT Championship match, uh, Miro defending against Lance Archer. I got Miro for eight confidence points on this one. I got Miro for seven. I think it'll be a good match, but there's no way, no way they're going to drop it off Miro this quick. No, no way. I think I both know what this one's going to be, but um, AW Women's World Championship match, Akira Shida versus uh, Britt Baker DMD. I got to say that gold belt's going to look good on Baker when she walks out champion. I got her for nine points. I got her for 10. Uh, see, I knew you were going to. I, I debated it. I was like, if I put 10, we're going to yep. have the exact same, though. So I was like, there's another match that I'm extremely confident in, so I'll just give that the 10 and the stakes of the 9. Yep, and then I flip-flopped them, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, Britt Brit for 10. I um, It's time. It's time. That promo tonight sealed the deal. It's time. Probably a little overdue, but I, I like the way it's built up. So, And I like that, you know, they played this out well. They let Sheeta hold it for a year, yep. which allowed them to introduce the new belt. Yep. Um, and she gets to defend it finally in front yep. of fans. So and she did fantastic in the hardest year that professional wrestling in the world's really ever seen. Um, but it's it's time for Britt to take it and hold it for at least a year. Yep. And maybe her and Jay Cargill clash or down the road. Yeah. And uh, maybe this way. Britt Baker will finally get her action figure that she's long overdue for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. She she deserves one for sure. As champ, they've got no choice but to give her one. You're right. AW <laughs> tag team titles are on the line when the Young Bucks, who did not make appearance tonight on Dynamite, that was kind of surprising, defending against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. I got the Young Bucks for four. I got the Bucks for five. Uh, part of me wanted to go with the upset, but I think the elite as a whole. Well, I kind of just spoiled that. Whatever I'm saying, anyways. <laughs> I think the elite as a whole hold the gold for until about all out. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Chicago this year too, by the way. Yep. So yep. It'll be uh, interesting. Yeah, to see what I haven't do. seen the official date if it's going to be Saturday, September third, or Sunday, September fourth. I know earlier this year, TK mentioned having that on a Sunday as well, since it was a holiday weekend. I'm hoping that's the case because I do have something going on that Saturday night, September 3rd. So I'm really hoping it's on Sunday. So we Man, will see. You know, you know what you're doing in September? I don't know what I'm doing Tuesday. <laughs> that is the uh, first weekend of college football. Assuming uh, that yeah. I can go, I'm a, a season ticket holder of uh, my alma mater. So Okay. We'll see. Uh, Stadium Stampede 2, Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. Here's my 10, Inner Circle. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have a lot of confidence in this. Now, I I told you I had some pretty interesting reasonings for things. Yeah, I want to hear these. 
the pinnacle is doing everything the inner circle did leading up to the previous stampede or stadium yeah. stampede. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of things go. There's a lot of things going on um, for each member of the inner circle, but I don't think it's time to break them up yet. Yeah. I think they stay together. Um, the pinnacle, I mean, this will make them one and one. Give us one more match. We've got to have yep. that rubber match. Um, at which point, I think the pinnacle will win the rubber match. But I think Inner Circle takes Stadium Stampede easily. I was looking at Fozzie's tour schedule today, and it does start in the second week of July and goes through September. Actually, I think into October. But the one match at, or one month that really they're on the road almost every night September, and that is all out. So it'll be interesting if Jericho can be involved in a storyline then, or if, if um, the inner circle wins this match, if somebody else kind of takes the reins when Jericho's away, I don't know how they're going to work that out, but I also have the inner circle. I thought, I thought for sure you're going pinnacle. So I chose the inner circle, but I only took them for two points because I'm not near as confident as you, because I've been saying previous episodes, this is the year summer of the pinnacle. And yeah. I feel like if the pinnacle loses here, it kind of takes some of their momentum away. But I'm with you. Something's just telling me the inner circle is not going to break up yet. But if they do, it wouldn't shock me either. Yeah, um, it'll be a big loss for me if uh, Pinnacle wins this. But I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing Pinnacle um, win it. But I, I just I don't think you know that would make them zero and two in Stadium Stampede. Yeah. And if you look back leading up to the first stadium stampede, the pinnacles doing almost everything the inner circle did. Yeah. And everybody it, had the inner circle win in stadium stampede one. And if the inner circle loses this, they should break up because they've lost two stadium stampede matches. They've lost blood and guts. They can't win the big match. Exactly. So, and what we have down as the main event is the AW world, the championship uh, triple threat match, orange Cassidy and pack. Going against the reigning defending champion Kenny Omega. I've got Omega for seven on this one. Got Kenny for nine. Okay. I just don't. It's not time. It's not time for him to drop that uh, belt collector gimmick yet. So, nope. Like I said, I think the elite hold the gold until at least all out as a group. Kenny probably I, longer. Yeah, I think if uh, Kenny's going to drop any of these titles. He'll drop the AAA or the Impact title before he'll drop right. AEW. I think the AAA one makes the most sense. He's had that one probably longer than he was supposed to. Yeah. You know, Andrade's a reasonable new champion. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on Double or Nothing? Uh, no. It's going to be a fun show regardless. Sure uh, win or lose on my end. I'm looking forward to this. So I'm nervous now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself about two of my predictions that I think probably going to cost me, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see uh, who's holding the belt uh, on our next podcast, which will be taking place Monday afternoon. Yes, so. Monday around, scheduled right now around 4-ish Eastern time, yep. so be on the lookout for that. And then next week, our Dynamite recap will be another late night one on Friday after Dynamite. At least that's the plan for now. Plans could always change, but that's the plan for now. Uh, I'm Tanner Lee. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TannerLee92. You can follow Paul Zartman on Twitter and Instagram at PaulZartman921. Of course, we're the Kicking Out Podcast, like you already know if you're listening or watching this. But you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KickingOutPod. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Got some cool things up there. Got a great interview I did a couple weeks ago with Keith Elliott Greenberg, author of Too Sweet, and also with Mr. Warren Hayes of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, and also the pre-Double or Nothing uh, media call with Cody Rhodes that I took a part of. Now, I did not ask any questions. The one question I was going to ask, somebody asked it before I could. So then I couldn't think of another one on the fly. So maybe maybe next time before the all out, maybe I'll I'll come up with something to ask. But that was cool to take part of part of part in that, and that's up on our YouTube channel as well. Cody really hit on some interesting things. Kind of hinted at a trios title coming down the line. Um, he was asked about the beef with the EVPs. He said there is no beef. They talk every day. 
thought that was interesting too. So he he didn't back down from any questions. He was he was fired uh, some tough ones towards them. So um, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. So so check those out. Uh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. Um, until next time, we're gonna have Paul wrap us up. And uh, before I do, and I'll make it quick, um, before the indie show, uh, Indianapolis show, when Dynamite came to Indianapolis, I had mm-hmm. the chance to interview both the Young Bucks and Cody and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, those interviews will be coming uh, in the next week as well. So look forward to those. I mean, they're they're kind of a throwback before the TNT title, back when Cody said uh, nobody really wants a second title it's it's a pain in the butt to carry through the airport so we'll, we'll see how that goes and well now we know how that turned out so i'm looking forward to having those up for everybody to listen to yeah and, yeah they were really good interviews you did a good job on those i think everybody will enjoy those and with that being said for tanner lee i'm paul zartman join us again monday as we kick out yet another podcast